Yes, people, welcome back to your 21st century Michael Lasper, Albert JTV. <laughs> Life Stories has been a long, long time, people, but I said we'd be back and we are back. Episode 20 with an esteemed panel waiting to discuss. Before we get into it, let's smash the intro. Albert JTV community, it has been a long time coming, but Life Stories is back. Joining me for episode 20, and for their time in the hot seat, we'll be at LL Cool James 91, at Dorsey 2801, and at Ray underscore Cassie. Let the talking commence. Welcome back to Life Stories. And there you have it, people. A new intro into Life Stories, people. I hope you like it. Smash the like button if you're watching already. And audio listeners, you'll never, ever be forgotten. Because this will be on the Apple download and it'll be on the Spotify download. But yes, people, as I said, episode 20 of Life Stories. When I started this concept a while ago, I thought, I will see how it goes. But um, it's gone all right so far, personally, from my own personal point of view. It's an amazing guest and even more amazing guest to come for episode 20. As I said, obliterate the like button and do not hesitate to subscribe to Albert J TV and follow my esteemed guests with their Twitter handles going along the bottom of the screen as I speak with my Southeast London dulcet tones. But let's get into the introductions for my amazing panel, starting with the my most favourite person and the best looking man in Essex. James Johnson, welcome to Albert JTV, mate. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. What an intro. Um, I'm going to clip that and re-watch that every day before I do anything in the morning just to <laughs> make myself feel better. Thank you very, very much. Um, I'll take that. You know, there's a there's a lot of good looking people in Essex, male and female. So there is James. I'll I'll do, I'll I'll will, yeah, I will take that. So yeah, thank you very much. No, listen, no, no, much love, man. Definitely was always going to get you on for life stories. Like I said, it's for me about getting the right chemistry in terms of the guests and the prep in terms of the questions. So I'm looking forward to it. And long time no see from my brother from another mother. The what's that word? That graphic design extraordinaire, Rosie. <laughs> Zero. How are you, mate? Long time. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this, mate, for a long time, and um, I like this content because it's it's a bit more personal in it, and it's um, you Absolutely. get to know people a bit more. But um, yeah, looking forward to it. Great panel of guests, and uh, yeah, appreciate you having me on. That intro puts a lot of pressure on people. You know that when you see some, <laughs> of, the some of the faces of the guests you've had on here, it's like, all right, <laughs> no, 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 no pressure, no pressure. No, no, no. Yeah, that'd be good if you got some good questions to get. Gets gets some meat off the meat meat off the, meat off the bones, man. And last but not least, I've renamed this guy about fifty-five different million names. He laughs at me all the time. <laughs> I called him Ray Cassim, Rassim, Raymond Van Blog. I don't know where I got that from, but it just came out of the <laughs> naturally. Plenty of voice notes. Me and Ray exchanged. Ray, welcome to Life Stories. Glad to get you on. How you been? Yeah, I'm great, mate. Thank you so much for having me. Um, as Dorsey said, you've had some uh, some real big hitters on this uh, on this little series. So. A lot to live up to. Um, we will do our very best. Um, I absolutely love James. I think he's been brilliant. I've listened to him for years. Dorsey, I've just come across you, mate. Your uh, your graphics and your shirts and everything. Elite. How even how they're yeah elite, mate. So uh, yeah, <laughs> the uh, imposter syndrome is kicking in a little bit now, but <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, it's at this point I realise I'm just a passionate Arsenal fan that has an office job and I'm here. So it is what it is. Same as all of us. Big up, big up to my esteemed panel. Now, I'm going to go to the chat very quickly because, as you know, people, 
um, watching this live and my esteemed guests and when they watch it back, my YouTube Tottenham wife has appeared in the chat. Oh. Holly Agbenbar, I love you and I hate you, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me and Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> but Holly's, but apart from the club she supports, she's an amazing content creator. I love her to be. She's an amazing person. And thank you for tuning in. Um, there's some ju juicy questions. Holly's obviously not been part of this process as well. I um, had her in Everton Rose on a long time ago. Great show. And big up Arsenal Analyze in chat as well. JC, what's happening, brother? My brother from Swansea, man. Um, let's get into it. I'm going to kick off with LL Cool James. The most important question I ask my guests when they first come onto this, first come onto this segment is your Arsenal story, my friend. Why Arsenal, your influences and your earliest memories. Hashtag where it all began. Right. So it's very, very simple. So it's family. Um, my father introduced me, but it was generational, dating back to, I believe, 1930 or so from his wow. family. And um, just, yeah, it was living and grow. I didn't live or grow up in the area, as you mentioned. I Essex man, born and bred. But uh, father took me over there and it just grew and grew from there. Um, my first game was May the 8th, 1996. It was Paul Merson's testimonial. Warmers. It was uh, Arsenal 11 versus a World 11. And do you know what that game's most famous for? Do, does Tell anyone me. here know? Surprise. One of you might. I thought Dorsey might have a stab. <laughs> um, that, that game is famous because Glenn Hoddle and Paul Gascoigne played for Arsenal. So they both wore Arsenal tops that day. They were both in wow. the Arsenal. They both played for Arsenal. Holly, you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, it's a very... That's it. That exact shirt. Um they play, yeah. The, um, it's a very, very famous picture of Gaza with his arm round Merson uh, from that day. But yeah, that was a uh, that was my first one. And then you talk about earliest memories from there. Um, first full season as a season ticket holder with my dad. <laughs> that there we go. Everyone makes me feel old now. Don't worry. <laughs> I get I get tired grating cheese. That's just how it is. It's just <laughs> life, just life now. But yeah, I was a season. No, I haven't. No. No, it's, it actually happened. I was there. <laughs> um, yeah, first full seasons, obviously, 97, 98, double winning season. And then my earliest memories were just watching us play such good football from a young age. Yeah, I was quite mm. lucky. I, you know, I think 96, when I went to that testimonial, George Graham had just been sacked and they presented the 71 team. I think it was the yeah. 25th anniversary of the 71 double winning team. And he actually come out. And the crowd went mental for George Graham. And he basically looked up at the Hillwoods and what have you just to be like, see, they still love me here, even if you lot don't. And then it was the end of that era into Arsene Wenger that I saw. But the, the biggest one like that, I remember my birthday of that year, just after it, we played Chelsea away in the league and we beat them. I think it was 3-2. Nigel Winterburn scored an absolute scream. Oh, yeah, I remember, remember that. It. Yeah, Frank, Frank, yeah, yeah. Frank LeBerth got sent off. But I remember just after that, I think we had a midweek game against West Ham and we beat them 4-0. Burkamp scored, Overmars scored twice, and I think Ian Wright scored a penalty. But it was literally Mark Overmars, Ian Wright, Burkamp, Petit, you name them. You list them all off. Just watching players like that in that season, culminating in going to Wembley and watching that as well. It's insane, mate. That's that's the best memories that I can... You know, not, the first full season as a season ticket holder, obviously you're going with your dad, bonding with your dad. 
but to end up winning a double in your first year as well. He, I mean, he was like, I've got to keep taking him back because we've won a double now. So <laughs> he's, he's got to go with me all the time. <laughs> no, good shot. You know what? I, before I come to um, Dorsey, I know people talk about the Invincibles, but I, I've always said it, man. That 97, 98 season, some of the football he played, mate, was scintillating. And we were chasing, actually, as well. Because United had quite... I think United had about... Yeah. Three or four games in hand, like I think it's but, about. Look, he's paid out, Albert. They yeah. said we weren't going to yeah. catch him. Yeah, yeah, they did. You're right, exactly. And so we did. <laughs> but now, listen, yeah, great season. But now, James, fantastic stuff, mate. Great stuff. When it comes to Dorsey, the Dorsey, the floor is yours, mate. Give us your, give us your, um, your earliest memories, mate. So my my story actually is a little bit different. It is it is family orientated, but my my close family. I've got two older brothers. Neither of them liked football. Not interested. Oh, they were quite a bit older, so only interested in girls and mountain biking. <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was all I was interested in. If you asked them what team they support, they would say Arsenal, but they they couldn't name a player, couldn't name anything. It's just so that they said they supported a football team. Um, my dad hated football. He hated all sports. Um, so for me, my influences come from my auntie. Now, she lived in Kilburn, which is... Um, which is North London. It's Northwest. kind of the other side, yeah, Northwest yeah, yeah, London. Yeah. Um, and she was an Arsenal fan. And I used to go up there every now and again and used to stay with her. And it was season... So I, I'm a bit, a fair bit older than James, actually. Um, and I remember she took me to you, Highbury. You don't look it. You don't look it, so don't worry. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it sometimes. I do. Um, yeah, so she she took me to Highbury when they had the um, when they were doing the work on the clock end and had the mural up. I think it was ninety one, ninety two, um, and there was builders there. And I was like, look, can, come on, let me just let me just poke my head in. Just let me just have a quick look. And in the end, the the builders actually let me in. Um, they let me in the builders entrance, and I took an opportunity. I ran on the pitch, and I ran out. I think I was on it for about point two of a second, but it was incredible. Um, and even in just that short space of time what you feel from that that stadium was just yeah. incredible and um the first game i ever went to a lot of people don't believe me when i say this but i went with a complete random guy that my mum knew he worked for shell and he had some tickets um so randomly i was how old was i 14 15 yeah my mum let me travel all the way up to london with someone that i'd never met before which now looking back at it you think what were you yeah. thinking Thankfully, yeah. I came back unscathed and it was all right. But the first game I went to was uh, the game right you broke the record in 97. Actually, the anniversary was literally yesterday, wasn't it? 26 yes. years ago. So, yeah, the first game I went to was was against Bolton um, in September. Uh, it was just and it was just from there, really, that that game. I think I was like I said, I was only 15. I was in the East Stand right at the back. Couldn't see a thing, but I felt everything. Everything there is that you, you can feel about Arsenal Football Club and Highbury, it was it all culminated. And it came, and it just from that minute, that was it for me. There was never anyone else. My best mate is a Tottenham fan. Um, oh, I've got a, I've got a close that. group of mates. We, yeah, I know. We, we, we've had many disagreements, I must admit. Um, but yeah, none, none of my other mates support Arsenal. They're all Liverpool, United. Um, so it's weird that you don't even... Cause, if you don't have family, you pick it up from somewhere, don't you? Whether it be mates or you pick it up from something. And it was for me, it was my auntie. Um, and just that that day when Wrighty broke the record, just what I felt that day going to Highbury, that will live with me forever. Um, 
in terms of earliest memories, yeah. actually, it's probably a bad memory, was when we got knocked out of the FA Cup by Wrexham in the bruised banana kit. Oh, <laughs> God, don't, don't remind me. I was just don't no. remind me. Honestly, that was probably that was probably the first time I watched a football match and thought, hang on a minute, because that was that was the year I got my first kit and when I really first started taking an interest in football. Um but that was my first memory and it wasn't wasn't a good one. Um I kind of vaguely remember eighty nine, but I, I was only six. So yeah. Yeah, I I knew of it. I knew but I couldn't grasp the significance of of what we'd achieved that day. Um it's only looking back at it now, but yeah that's that's me really that's why arsenal and yeah it's been i've been stuck with it ever since good and bad <laughs> well, that is a fantastic story unbelievable <laughs> Thanks, man. i'm gonna come <laughs> to my guy ray ray hit us with your with your um your arsenal story mate yeah so for me um i never had any family that were into football whatsoever so i literally just sort of fell into it by myself really um i don't know sort of growing up at school and that i wanted to play football just to, you know, fit in with the other kids and make life a lot easier. Um, yeah. I mean, my mum was into ballet and I thought I couldn't get into that because that would definitely not make uh, school particularly <laughs> great for me. So you, you I thought, been let's try and let's... Exactly. I, and I'm definitely not two left feet, 100%, mate. But yeah, I thought, <laughs> I'd, um, I thought I'd really try and sort of go down the football route. I mean, it's so popular, isn't it? Um, so in terms of earliest memory... Um, I think my earliest football in memory was probably the 98 World Cup. Um, oh, yeah. Just because it was quite easy to get into. Obviously, the game's just on TV. Um, yeah. And obviously, France winning it. Um, I just automatically got a, spot, a soft spot for the French national team. Yeah. Um, leading on to that, I had so many um, Arsenal players in that squad at the time. Um, it was just kind of a natural progression. Um, coupled with a real hatred of Manchester United and I don't know why because <laughs> all my mates supported them um I had like family friends that supported them I used to bang on about the treble all the time um and even sort of a as a eight nine year old kid I just I just hated it I just couldn't stand it <laughs> um so in the end I, I just ha I had to pick a football team um and because Arsenal were successful they're always on TV um, they were always one of the first games on match of the day, so I could persuade my mum to stay up, uh, watch the first couple of games, and then I'd have to, have to go to bed. So it was kind of a natural progression from there, really. Um, and then, yeah, just ever since then, um, just gradually and gradually. It's not like one day that I just decided, yes, I support Arsenal. It was just sort of a gradual build-up over time. Yeah. Um, I can always remember being a kid um, at school and collecting, like the you know, like the Merlin sticker books? Oh, um, I remember. Panini. Yeah, I remember. That's it, Panini. I remember completing Arsenal first, and I don't know whether it's just because they were alphabetically in order, and it was just happened to to be that way, or just by chance. Um, but yeah, that was just that was just my team, and then as uh, as you know, you sort of just watch more and more. You sort of uh, try and keep up to uh, with it. You know, we didn't have the social media that we do now, so it, it was oh, quite absolutely. difficult. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this um, when you asked us the question, mate. And, um, you know, I'm thinking I must have, you know, pestered my mum to buy me, you know, 442 magazines and shoot out and match and all of these. And I was have, that. you know, various Arsenal players and, and squads and stuff, you know, plastered all over my wall. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was just kind of a natural progression. Like I say, I, I don't have um, a dad or an uncle that was an Arsenal fan or anything. So I just kind of fell into it, yeah. 
Um, but I like then, that yeah, because I was... it, you feel like you support the club for the right reasons. You know, you're not you're not not forced into supporting it, but you you follow them because yeah, you love them yeah, it's, them exactly that, mate. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean where I'm based, I'm based in Hastings, so at the moment. Brighton okay. is very popular because it's only a couple of a couple of hours, if that, sort of our, near, our nearest Premier League team. So um, everyone near me, if they don't support, you know, one of the big clubs, they support Brighton and they sort of act like they've supported Brighton for 20 years when in reality it's only been <laughs> since they've been in the Prem. So uh, don't let them fool you. But, Ray, um, Ray, we have no, that a lot here, mate. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But um, yeah, like I say, it's, it's, it's just been a gradual thing over time. Um, obviously, you follow every game, every every season, um, until you know you're sort of an adult and you're now old enough to buy the kits and go to the games and spend yeah. your free time on it. So, yeah, here I am. No, you make such a good point actually, because I've spoken about this. Um, obviously, when I've had my guests on Life Stories, it's sort of my Arsenal story. I didn't have anyone that was into football, to be honest. No one, zero. My, the only interest my dad had in football was doing the pools. Yeah, little woods. That, that, that's a long time ago. Um, Love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally. Yeah, I, I don't know if people ask me about about like why Arsenal for me, and I just um, my first first memories. I have to be, admit, were eight eight eighty nine. Just I did as well. I was young, but I remember it. That Liverpool game very very well. Um, I imagine being there now with the kind of the way fans are now um, with social media be insane. But mm. yeah, I, when you become a bit more self sufficient, a bit more older, find out how to get tickets and you go so my answer journey was started very very late very late so um i'm not going to get into it because i want to kill what you guys have got to say about all the questions i'm going to ask you but um, big up to people in the chat smash the like button if you haven't already and subscribe to albert j tv also james has a channel and the link is in the description and in the and in the title so just click people two seconds and you want deviate away no worries mate but no great answers guys man that's what i said man i'd like to get you guys stories um, and we'll give we'll do a bit of a gear change and go on to the second question. And I'm going to kick off with Dorsey actually. Um, now, interesting question. Even I thought about this. So I'll, I'll come with mine towards the end of it, and we'll get all you guys' amazing answers. But your most favourite one-off um, game you've ever seen? Hashtag Premier League. It's got to be on Arsenal past history or present history. Okay, so this one I had to think a little bit about because mm. I must admit I'm. A- so first of all, I'm club over country, right? Obviously, I love my country, cool. and I and I watch all the tournaments. Um, but I, the, yeah, the midweek friendlies, <laughs> I mate, honestly, just switch right. them off. It's coming to an end, He's done. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. That is, I'm not going to digress up to international breaks, international breaks. But um, so a, pr- a long time ago, I did I did go to Anfield. Um, I took one of my in a previous relationship. She was from Liverpool. Yeah. Um, so I'd got our tickets for for her birthday actually, and we went up and, and watched Liverpool versus Bolton. I can't remember what season it is. It must have been oh eight, oh nine, or something like that. It was. It was. Yeah. Fair. Was, Al- was Alan Thompson still playing for Bolton then? Yeah, I think he was. He might have yeah, scored if it's a game. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and listen, if, for anybody that's been to Anfield, that whole Anfield atmosphere, mate, it's a myth. It is yeah, a myth. I've heard that. Um, I've heard that. However, what I will say is the, and I think we're starting to get a, a little taste of it now with the North London forever before the games and stuff. Not not saying that it's obviously got the historical value of you'll never walk alone, but yeah, that and 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 feeling that one minute whatever it is um, 
within the stadium with all the fans singing that 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 was incredible um i i have to say and i know a lot of pundits ask what players they love to go what stadiums they love to go to everybody says anfield it's you know and it's yeah i, I can see why um so that's probably i haven't been to a lot of games at a non arsenal if i'm if i'm completely honest um, but that's one that stood out to me um, just a quick worthy mention, I did go to Old Trafford actually in 2006 for a Man United versus World Eleven game. Um, that had some incredible players in it. Perlo was playing, Gattuso, uh, I think Cannavares was in goal. Um, that that was incredible. That was a really good experience. That watching watching some uh, Ibrahimovic was playing, yeah, some cracking players. But yeah, I think Anfield was probably the one that stood out to me. Just really, just for the you'll never walk alone, not for the atmosphere after that because it died pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. For a couple of people in the chat, I've put. I'm gonna. I will come to it eventually, but I want to get these guys' thoughts first before I start putting up some of them on the screen in the chat box. I'm big up to you though. Um, gonna come to Ray Kasim or Rasim as I call him now. Um, <laughs> what's your thought? Is it? It's quite. It's, listen, it's a question I even I thought about a lot. There's some games for me that were obvious games yeah. that I've seen in Premier League history. Very obvious games, but everyone's different. But Ray, coming to you, what's your thoughts, man? Yeah, I, I struggled with this. I've narrowed it down to about four games. Um, go, go, with your, go, with your, 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 the one, the main one, the, the, the one, main, main one. one. Yeah. All right. If I'm being real, the one that gave yeah. me the most joy was actually last season. It was Newcastle United six, Tottenham Hotspur one. Nice. Um, that's a great. That's a great choice. And the reason I enjoyed it is because. Spurs just absolutely just folded and they died within 20 minutes. And I honestly, yeah. I've never laughed at a football game, but I laughed at that one. Um, it was, it was comedy, <laughs> it was comedy. There was drama, you know, and, and it was just hopeless Spurs fans walking out of the grounds, you know, spending all that time and money and effort to get up there only to leave yeah, after 20. Yeah. It was, it was just amazing. Um, and if I could have been in the home end for any one game oh, I would have I would have paid some serious money to be in there because I think it just would have been brilliant just having me on loan for one game but uh yeah <laughs> I, I think it's that but like I said I really struggled because there are so many um huge games in the Prem and uh, and so many that sort of mean hold, hold on hold on, things. Hold, hold on to those ones I'm gonna probably we're probably yeah. that with few and some, um, a few people have mentioned a particular game in the chat which all right, we might talk about, yeah, hold on to that. But no, good, good, good shout, right? I didn't expect that one, but it's a good shout because of what the actual game was, what the result was. Holly, if you're in the chat, still stay there and watch the whole show, don't just get over it. But, um, coming to my main man, James, what's your foot? Let's see what you got to say. What's your thoughts, my friend? Okay, so this is going to shock people because there's a lot of people in the chat. This is going to shock people that know me. Um, yeah. and I am the world's most palest Italian, so <laughs> everyone knows that I'm an Inter Milan fan. So this is what's going to shock people. It's 2007's Champions League and it's AC Milan versus Man United in the second leg of the San Siro. Now, yeah. AC Milan go into this 3-2 down. Mm. They're 3-2 down from the home leg. And there's a whole thing now with social... Like I said earlier, I'm getting older now. So I'm, I'm trying... <laughs> you know, trends are slipping me away. But there's this whole I am him th thing online mm. you know or he is him or whatever it is Clarence Sadorf is my favorite footballer of all time fantastic player. this guy this guy was in the twilight of his career he should be dwindling he batters Man United on his own this game he scores 
And then I think he set up one for Kaka, and I think Gila, Giladinio, Gigladinio, whatever his name was, the yeah. guy scored the third one for there. But honestly, if you're a young person that likes football and you want to play midfield and you want to see one-man shows of a midfielder, YouTube, 2007 Champions League, I think it was the quarterfinal. Watch that. Watch Clarence Seydorf in this second leg. Honestly, it, it blew me yeah. away. Not just because he's my favourite footballer, even if he wasn't my favourite footballer. He probably just can still this, play now. This guy, well, every yeah. all these soccer aids, he dominates everybody. He's still the best player in all these soccer aids of that now. Yeah. Yeah. He batters all of them. It's mental. Yeah. The it's guy, crazy. honestly, like for for power, pace, everything, like finesse in terms of passing the ball, one of the best I've ever seen, and that's why he's my favourite of all time. I I just love him, love him as a footballer. Great shouts. Kakao was insane in that game as well, wasn't he? Do you remember yeah. him like doing like pirouettes and stuff? I, I remember when he signed for Real Madrid, near. Ray, and just thinking, oh my God, Real Madrid have got him, they've got Ronaldo, they've yeah. got this one. And yeah, he was never the same. He was never the same yeah. when he went to Real Madrid, but what a player he was, yeah. Unreal player. Yeah. I just just realised I misunderstood the question. I thought That's it was right. games. I, I thought it was games we've been to. No, no, no. Just, you've, you've I, seen I thought it was only Premier League what? games, so yeah. 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 So, you have a have a quick thing because I'm 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 going to come up with a few because people mentioned in the chat. So I'm going to come back to you, mate. Um, Geeks of the Muckleby has touched on Liverpool versus Newcastle. Now there was two four threes in successive mm. seasons. Um, the first one, obviously, 95, 96 in April. Um, Keek, the, the the famous shot of I remember it Barnes to um, is it Barnes to rush to, to Collymore or it was Barnes back to Collymore and Collymore smashes it in and you just saw the pictures of Dalglish just sunk. At the touchline because it was it was an incredible game. I, I didn't watch it live, but I remember watching it on. I'm sure they showed it on highlights match of the day. I, I've never seen anything like that at the time. I think I was about 15, and then the same thing happened the following season. That was a bit different because I think Liverpool were three 0 up at half time, and Newcastle got it back to three three. I think Warren Barton made it three all, and then Robbie Fowler for a vintage um, goal that he was scored. He's very good in the air, Fowler for his height, but. Um, them two games are amazing. But actually, my actual game that stuck out in my head for quite a few years, actually, was in Jan 3rd of January um, 2019, uh, Man City 2, Liverpool 1. Um, I remember it. Liverpool, Man City had the home game. Is it, is it the Etihad? They were seven points behind going into that game. That is one of the best ever Premier League games I've seen in, yeah. in, my, in, my, in Premier League existence. It was that good. The, le the, in the level of intensity that game. And I remember sitting there as an Arsenal fan, I've got to be honest, because obviously we weren't really going for a great time. And I was thinking, looking at both teams, I was thinking to myself, we are a country mile mm. off of the level of those two teams. It was an incredible game of football. City went 1-0 up, I think, with Aguero. Um, got it back to 1-1 Liverpool for, with Firmino. I think Sane got the winner. But I remember one performance in particular, because... I didn't see it coming. I think Graham Sooner said it at the time. Um, Bernardo Silva, we know he's a technical ability and, and how good he was on the ball, but his all-round performance off the ball and defensively, I was like, wow. I, I did not expect to see that kind of performance from him. It was it was incredible. You know, and We're all Arsenal fans, but I remember that game like it was yesterday. And that is one of the best games I've seen. 100 million percent for quality, for intensity, for how good both teams were um, going for a league title. And City had to win. You know, Liverpool get the point that that title was theirs for me, but get the lead back, to get the cut the deficit back to four points. But 
it, absolutely incredible game, man. But Dawes, you come back to you quickly, mate. You, you might have come up with a couple or a few. Just, a, just add a quick thing. But the one, I, the one I kind of thought about actually is a weird one because I hate both teams more than <laughs> anything else. But the uh, the Chelsea Tottenham game uh, a few years back when Chelsea, when Tottenham were were. Yeah. I, I say going, 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 for, going for the yeah. going for the title, yeah. And it oh, Holly's definitely that. left now. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't leave already. She's left now. <laughs> Holly, <laughs> God Holly. Yeah. She's but, gone but for thinking, the jugular with that game, Dawson. <laughs> but thinking on the spot and just thinking of other games, and I, I remember sitting there and I just couldn't take my eyes off it. I, it was. It, I mean, there was some there was some good football in the game as well, yeah. but just seeing my two most hated teams kick lumps out of each other for 90 minutes was just just incredible and i think you could see you could see it that or any belief that spurs had in that game that they were going to oh. win the league it 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 just you could see it throughout the game was just slowly uh, disappearing that was a that was a really good game to watch i quite like to go back and watch it again to be fair um, <laughs> yeah albert yeah, that... you, you talk about four threes as well Another good one, again, another solo performance, and I remember this when I was a kid, was the Leeds versus Liverpool in Mark Faduka. Yes, because I remember back then, and I'm not, a big, I'm not a big Leeds man. I know uh, no. when it was um, pandemic football, they were very entertaining to watch under Bielsa, but Leeds, when I was young, man, well, I think they finished third one year, and like That's they right. had Olivier Decor. They had yeah. Gary Kelly, Ian Hart used to spend these free kicks yeah. in like madman. Yeah. <laughs> they had like nastiness, yeah, but they did, could man. they could school you as well. Yeah. Like I remember Dominic Mateo used to just rough you up. Eric, Eric, had... Eric Backer, yeah, all yeah. The guys, yeah. yeah. But they had yeah. like Alan, footballers Alan as well. Yeah, Alan yeah. Smith as well. Yeah, and um, I yeah I remember that that one was a brilliant game. I mean, um, I used to. I know I'm not a big Liverpool fanatic, but I used to think Patrick Berger was a really good player back in the day, man. And yeah, he, yeah, if yeah. they were so they would they were so comfortable, and then just Mark Faduka just on his own was like, "Nah, I'll beat him. I'll just beat him now." <laughs> that yeah. was a crazy listen, one. That was another good four-three. Yeah, listen, this is why I do life stories, man. This is it's thought-provoking questions, and um, yeah, like I said, the two the two four-threes, Liverpool Newcastle, wow, um, incredible. But yeah, that Man City Liverpool game. Pff. <laughs> like I said, I remember sitting as an Arsenal fan thinking, my God. I was I was exhausted watching it. And I won't even know any of the stadium. Yeah. Like it was that the game was that good. Honestly, it's incredible. But guys, amazing, amazing stories, man. Um people smash the like button, not just on YouTube, on Facebook, and retweet as well as it's going live on there as well. But um let's let's do another gear change now. This is gonna be interesting. I'm kicking off with this one with Ray. Sporting hero stroke icons. Name me one female and one male sporting icon stroke hero that you admire the most. Hashtag sporting brilliance. All right. Hashtag sporting brilliance. So um, in terms of uh, female sporting hero, um, I had to really think about this one because, you know, growing up, um, you look at people and, and especially in sports and stuff that maybe you don't watch so much. Um it's kind of tricky to, you know, being not being inspired, but you know what I mean. Want to emulate yeah, yeah, and, um, and, and be like this person. But I remember watching um, Dame Kelly Holmes in the Athens Olympics in 2004, um, and I believe she won two gold medals: yeah. uh, one for the 800 meters and the 1500. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I, said, I can just remember 
sitting in my living room, whole bunch of family, um, just just happened to have it on, just happened to watch it. And um, everyone, and uh, no, it was a different time, but everyone uh, completely stopped what they were doing and everyone was just focused on this event. Whether they cared about athletics or not, or, you know, were interested or whatever, everyone was just um, fully back in Kelly. And I can still remember it now, you know, my mum's screaming at the TV, come on, Kelly, come on, Kelly, <laughs> you know, and everyone's just you know everyone's just loving it everyone's just in for it and and then she's she's gone and done it and you know she won two gold medals that in that olympics and it really just sort of just back up um how great she was then so yeah i think i think for them um i think kelly holmes and she's still um obviously i know she's long retired now but yeah yeah she still um you know gets herself about and uh yeah she she seems like a great person anyway um as for male, um, again, like I say, football was definitely my main sport. So um, Thierry Henry was massive for me. Again, another reason why I supported Arsenal in the first place. Yeah. But if I think about it, I um, I'd have to go Roger Federer from um, from tennis. Um, just absolute class. Like this guy um, come in, absolutely cleaned up the grand the grand slam. Sorry. Um, yeah. absolutely dominate the Wimbledon, um, a tournament that I always watch religiously. Um, and I can remember sitting and watching Tim Henman every year. You know? <laughs> and and it can only, it, watching Tim Henman must be like watching Tottenham Hotspur if you're one of their fans, because <laughs> he's there and you know, you know, he's like, nothing's going to come, but he's just, he's just going to take part. He might get to, uh, you know the quarters or the semis or something you know it's going to be disappointment and i just see this guy he was just so elegant it, um in roger federer come in from a young age and just absolutely take over um i believe it was uh sort of the sampras era just before him and he just sort yeah. of just come in and and just you know absolutely swept people away um some of the matches he had with nadal and and, and murray and and uh, Djokovic in the end absolute classics um he's got the same birthday as me as well um we're not the same age we're not the same age but um yeah we've uh, we share that at least um and yeah i just think he's an absolute class act um you know he's not like uh he never has any sort of controversies off the uh off the court he's um he's an absolute you know just just brilliant person brilliant role model um and yeah i think uh I certainly, I certainly got myself a tennis racket and uh, had a few tennis classes because of that man. And um, yeah, unfortunately for me, that never paid off. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, great shot. Before I come, before I come to um, James quickly, yeah, you, Ray, make a good point about Kelly Holmes because and anybody that does know me personally or spoken to me, a huge athletics fan, kind of way back to you know, I just just about remember Seoul '88 Olympics. Then obviously Linford taking on the Americans for a number of years and beating them which I loved. Um, but Kelly Holmes had a lot of injuries, man. I I'm shocked she won the amount of medals she won in her, in her career anyway. But she actually went to that Athens Games for probably once like, once a lifetime in her career where there were no injuries. And she ended, up, she ended up being a double gold champion. So Olympic champion, incredible. So great shot rate. James, the floor is yours, my friend. Talk to me. Okay. So like Ray, where he took you back in time, uh, I'll take you back in time with my female, right? We'll go back oh, to 2002, yeah? I was on holiday. 
uh, Kiss Kiss by Holly Valance was number one in the chart. <laughs> Absolute banger! But it was a great video. It was one of those videos where yeah. uh, when you were when you were eleven or twelve and you you know you didn't have access to late night Sky. Holly Valance Kiss Kiss. To, I'll tell you what, used to get you through. Used to get you through. Um, but yeah, we we had a, like a little arcade where we were staying, and I chucked all my coins into yeah. not Crazy Taxi. That was the big one at the time, but there was mm. another Sega game there called Virtua Tennis. Mm. And I loved it. It was fantastic. But there was a woman that was on this game, Virtua Tennis, called Serena Williams. And I used to pick her because her stats were through the absolute roof on that game. I'd, and then I was at home. I come back from that holiday. I remember being at home in 2002. And like Ray, I, I was watching Wimbledon. And then I realized, oh, this Serena Williams woman for this video game, she's a, she's a, she's a real person. Like, she's real. And... Um, that was the first Wimbledon that she won. And I remember the semi-final. Was it Moresmo she played? I believe so, yeah. Because her sister her sister played Higgin, right? Uh, yeah, yeah I'd have to so. Google that quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, and I just, remember, that, yeah. I just remember being in absolute awe of this woman. Just thinking, wow, like she's just as good as what I thought she was on the video game in mm. real life. And it yeah. was just... A, and then to play her sister and for it to be that competitive, like just... Obviously, I've got a brother. So our sibling, right, we don't really have one. We're just quite, you know, we're, we're one of those where if he's doing well, I'm happy for him. If I'm doing well, he's happy for me. But if, you know, we've had a few where we've had, you know, the Nintendo Wii back in the day on the bowling and that, he used to get a bit feisty. <laughs> but to play your sister at high level sport, and yeah, year. it was Crazy. intense. It Crazy. was intense. Like, and I'll tell you what, yeah, I think, what was it in the end? Was it five time end of the year world number yeah. one? Yeah. 23 grand slams the second best of all time yeah Incredible. gotta give gotta give the flowers to a serena man what what a woman no great great shout out to him. how about mel as well or should i come back to that one mel uh i'll, I'll try and do it as quick as i can again go on, go on, to you, so, go on, mate. so on, mel man. for me i love my pugilism albert i love a bit of pugilism and i gotta go with michael bisbin from the ufc right? he he won the ultimate fighter he was the first British slash, I like to say, English fighter to win a championship in the UFC. Yeah. And he's a UFC Hall of Famer. Now, in 2013, Michael Bisbin fought a guy called Vitor Belfort. Yeah. He was up to his eyelids in TRT steroid. Yeah. If, if you asked him to go in the cup, he'd have melted it. That's how much this guy, <laughs> this guy was on. If you think you've seen steroids and peds, yeah. Seriously, watch Vitor Belfort in 2013, sorry, fight Michael Bisbee. Michael Bisbee lost and he ended up with bad vision in one of his eyes. I can't remember which one it was. But he actually, in the end, lost his eye due to this Ooh. damage, right? Yeah. Got a glass and, eye in you now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. But he had to. He kept that hidden the whole time that he was in the UFC so he could carry on fighting. And he used to mesmerise the Snellen test before every fight. So, you know, when they you know, when you go get your eyes done and all the letter, he mesmerized what letters were in each because he could only see out the one eye. And from that, you know, he goes and wins the title on 17 days notice against a guy that already beat him, Luke Rockhold. Wow. Uh, it was just since the first time he lost to Rockhold, he had five fights. That is the most other than a footballer and an Arsenal player that I think I've ever been behind oh, wow. an athlete in anything in my life, Albert. Those, this this five-fight run, he beat Anderson Silva, which was the GOAT of the middleweight division at the time. And then at the end of it, he had a fight with GSP, who I think is the greatest UFC fighter ever. 
because he's the only he's one of the only ones that's never really he might have been on them but he never popped for you know there's tainted with all the others because of him and Michael Bisbin are always two of my favourites because they never popped for anything. They never cheated. And yeah, he went three rounds with GSP and lost. But to go three rounds with GSP and still win, man, uh, well, you know, to not lose within those three rounds until the end. And he went out on his shield as well. Never tapped out. He let him strangle the life out of him like a real man. <laughs> got all the respect in the world for Michael Bisbin, man. James, absolute class. Listen, this is why I do this content, man. Um, it's to get you guys' views and, um, you know, what you see his excellence or your views about certain sports stars, female or male. And yeah, fantastic, James. Absolutely fantastic. And Dorsey, the floor is yours, my friend. Hit me with it. Yeah. So both are unbelievable picks from both, both of the guys. Um, so my, my female um, pick was actually mentioned by Barry earlier on in the comments. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Kate, Katie Taylor. Um, right. I'm quite a big boxing fan. Well, I was quite a big fo boxing fan until YouTube got involved. But again, another story. Um, but but Katie Taylor, I mean, what can you say that we we don't already know? I mean, she's phenomenal. Um, Eighteen gold medals um, across various various different competitions. I think for in the space of ten years, between two thousand and six two thousand and sixteen, eighteen gold medals is just phenomenal. Mm. Um, yeah, two weight world champion, been world champion since two thousand and seventeen, and she's just yeah when you when you listen to her speak in her interviews, I mean, she's the most grounded person you could ever, you could ever meet. Um, she just comes across so well in all of her interviews and yeah. And she just absolutely annihilates anybody that's put in front of her. I think she's, she's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so the, the male one I struggled with cause I'm, I'm a big golf fan, but I'm also a big F1 fan. And I think it's fairly obvious who the two goats <laughs> are in, 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 in both of those different, uh, different, categories but in the end i had to go with, with sir lewis hamilton um Shout. i think that guy when you listen to his story there's a lot of people especially f1 nowadays that get brought up and i listened to an interview recently of with lando norris um and he come through a very privileged background and managed to get into formula one having the best go-karting equipment having the best this 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 and this and was able to progress fairly quickly but if you know anything about Lewis's story, then it couldn't have been any different. Um, I think his dad had four jobs at one point just just to pay for fuel for his go-kart, for tyres for the go-kart, did everything he could for, for Lewis to be able to race week in, week out. Um, and then you look to see what he's achieved in the, just, even if you just take it from a sporting perspective, what he's achieved in the sport. I mean, you look at what Michael Schumacher did and the fact that he's overtaken him in, in almost pretty much every single aspect of that sport is just insane. And I think Lewis is going to be one of those people that he's not going to be appreciated until 20, 30, 40, 50 years in the future when you look back and you realise what he's done yeah. uh, from, from a sporting perspective. But I think more than that, I mean, obviously from a... <laughs> He talks a lot, obviously, about diversity and the, and the lack of it in, in Formula yeah. One coming up through the ranks in go-karting and through, through Formula Racing and being the only, the only child of any colour um, coming through the sport. And what he's done in the last probably 10 years yeah, yeah. And, and what he's fought for within the sport and the FIA are I mean, they're they're just as bad as FIFA, and don't get me started about. No, it, it, there is, uh, yeah, there is a corrupt as they come, and 
they don't want it to happen. They don't well, you can clearly see that. And but they can't they can't shut Lewis down. He's the biggest name in the sport. He will always yeah. be the biggest pull in the sport. And he just does not give a shit. He will he will stand up for what he believes in. You 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 see all the t shirts that he wears mm. when Black Lives Matter was um was kind of at its peak. They were telling him not to wear the t-shirts. Yeah. No. And what what he stands for as a human being is just it outweighs everything he's done from a from a sporting perspective. But when you tie in what he's done in his field and what he does outside of the sport as well, is just is just incredible. Um, so I had to I had to pick Lewis, uh, but Tiger Woods is is also incredible. Not what incredible at driving though, Tiger Woods. No, well, what kind of driving? He's all right at that kind of driving, but yeah, so they're, they're, they're my two picks. No, great shouts, guys. Quickly, um, I've obviously mentioned people in, in past life stories because there's so many sporting, fantastic sporting people. Um, for me, I'm a big athletic fan, as I mentioned. Um, Jessica Ennis Hill, superb, and you know, it's a funny thing with her, yeah, because I, I, I watched her career. Coming up behind Denise Lewis again. Listen, sorry, Dame Denise Lewis. Should I say? Let me rephrase, let me rephrase that. <laughs> um, I mean, Jessica was only like five foot four. Um, but even if you look at all the disciplines that are in a heptathlon, she was quick. She was good over the hurdles. Very good at two hundred. Um, amazing long jumper. Great javelin, and a solid eight hundred meter. It's just some of the girls she had to compete against as well. It's incredible. I mean, I think she got three world championship titles one indoor world championship european championship um olympic games title um amazing and she got one of those world titles after having a child and coming back to the sport and if anybody anyone wants to tell you about the premenstrual cycle which she actually <laughs> kind of done a bit more about it since she stopped um since she stopped athletics um to come back and win the world title is, is phenomenal um amazing amazing athlete and mel won quickly um I spoke about Federer before, really great shout. Novak Djokovic, let me tell you something. In, insane. I was looking at some of the stats, just I'm not even going to read them all out. I mean, um, he's the only, I think he's the only player to have won all majors at least three times. Um, most amount of weeks at world number one um, has held, I think, three of the titles at least on or four separate occasions. I think it is, it's just an absolute machine. And as and it's when him and Rafa used to play, the physical battles those two used to have. I thought he was the only one that could go with Rafa for for, for five sets personally and and maintain the intensity. And he just won the U.S. Open to to match. I think is it Margaret Court on twenty four now. Um, uh, made, incredible in the way he won as well. Um, how he won that second set the other day, I got I don't know how he done it, but he found a way to win. And he he I've never seen him come to the net so many times. As he did. I mean, the net points, one percentage-wise, against Medvedev was insane. Um, but yeah, absolutely incredible. It's 36. I don't know where, when he's going to stop. Um, I could see him get to 27 Grand Slams, possibly. More than that, I'm not too sure. There's some young guns coming up thick and fast behind him, man. Good players um, coming through the men's draw. But yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, no can, you, uh, can, you, can you imagine being Andy Murray coming up in the same generation as Federer, Djokovic and Nadal? I mean, and actually, like, well. yeah. and and still, still, yeah, it's two, yeah. two Wimbledon titles. Yeah, I mean, about Olympic gold. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah absolutely fair amazing. So, yeah, big ups to people in the chat as well. Um, bit of a gear change in terms of life stories. Um, this is the question that I love to get 
everyone's answer that's answered. I've had some amazing answers from the previous guests on it. Um, I'm going to kick off with um, James. Um, if I can find the question, it is here somewhere. Uh, there it is. So, social media stroke footballing podcast world. Um, what valuable lessons have you learned from using both platforms? Hashtag pros and cons. Hashtag be candid as you like, my friend. Yeah, for me, the pros have to be the support and the love that you do get. Um, if it, you know, if it goes well for yourself, uh, has for me, I think I've done bloody well. Um, I know I've got a very, very small sort of channel, but the opportunities that I think it was 11 years I've been on Twitter the other day, the mm. opportunities that I've had presented to me, Albert, not just in a footballing aspect. Uh, I got into quite a lot of TV work back in the day. Um, it also in, uh, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I've got opportunities to do stuff with wrestling back in the day as well. So I would never have thought that I would get these chances if it wasn't for certain individuals that obviously watch what I say and enjoy what I'm doing. And it, it to me, it still baffles me that there are people that take time out of their day to actually sit and listen to what I've got to say or watch what I've got to say. I, you know, I've always thought I'm a bit of an idiot, Albert, you know, I never thought that. Not, as, that in, not just, as in like that, but you know what so I mean? Pro, like, don't be so preposterous, James. <laughs> It's just, it, it, it's still, uh, it, and, it, and it's absolutely humbling. And you get certain moments, Albert, uh, especially along the way, there's been people that have us are sadly no longer with us. There's people that have been going through things. You know, I won't, I won't name names, but I've had people in the past, um, they've had surgeries that have gone wrong and have ended up paralyzed. Mm. And have said that the only thing that kept them through the whole time after being told that they're never going to walk was that they listened to one of our podcasts in the hospital that we did. Mm. And, you know, and I've, and I hate beating the drum because <laughs> I say it normally all the time now, but you've had similar as well. Uh, yeah, losing we'll touch, my mother. We'll touch, we'll touch on that. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, <laughs> losing my mother, Albert. Um, yeah, yeah. I had people from God knows where in the world messaging me saying, I'm so sorry. Didn't have to do that. Yeah. You know, they don't know me from that. Never met me. They only know me, obviously, from hearing my voice or seeing the long hair and the beard. <laughs> and it's just absolutely, absolutely sensational. And I'll just quickly go on it. The cons. The cons are, it's just, it, it's very, very congested, Albert. And mm. I, I sometimes feel that there's a lot of people that don't do it for the right reasons or the right intentions. Because they've seen they've seen what's going on, mm. and they think I can do that. Then I can get monetized. Then I can go here and I can do. It, and they can do it straight away. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. Trust me, it, it, it's hard. But the main thing I can recommend to anybody that wants to do it or feels like doing it is to, is be consistent, but also be real because your authenticity will stand out. Yeah. If you sit there thinking. Should I say what people want to hear or should I say what I think? Always say what you think. Yeah. Because people will sit, they'll be like, people pleaser. People see through it. They really, really see through it. And you, you won't get any, you know, you won't get anywhere just touting the same opinion that's being touted elsewhere. Just be, be yourself and be as authentic as possible. And you'll succeed because, you know, there's people like yourselves. We've all we've all got different kinds of journeys on both platforms, 
but we're all, well yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but we're all, you know we're all here and we've all had some varying degree of success at what we've done so yeah. that's all that's all i can say man yeah what i will do when i come to my monologue towards the end if you guys think of anything just put it put it pop it in a private chat and i'll definitely come back to you because it's quite a it's quite an emotive subject for me personally um and, I, and i'm very happy to talk about it trust me so um no james thank you for that man Dorsey, I know you don't have a channel, but um, you're an amazing graphic designer. And you obviously you have to use social media as a tool to help get your voice out there and get your work out there. But how have you, I know you've done obviously come on podcasts as well. So again, how do you sort of branch this question? How, how, how do you sort of answer it? It's a, it's, yeah, it's a weird one for me because I am not on Facebook. Um, hmm. I do have Instagram. I don't use it. I can't even remember the last time I even looked at it. Um, I, I TikTok, Snapchat, all of that sort of no. stuff. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not interested in any any of that. Um, and I think really, Twitter was the only. I've got a very close group of mates, and we all love football, but we all love it to various different degrees. And Ooh. I love my football club a lot more than my mates love theirs. And we all love football, but yeah it's it for me it's different um and we've got a group chat we chat about different stuff but for for me twitter was like a um it just started as a way for me to be able to speak to fellow arsenal fans that was it that's all it started for and mm. that was the only reason i got into it um and i think at the time when i joined i think i've been on twitter for similar to james probably 11 12 years or something silly um and it was really just to watch what the club was doing, watch what the players were doing. And by doing that, you start to get to speak to different people. And it was it's probably only the last four or five years my 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 Twitter has started to grow. Um, in lockdown, I, I decided I wanted to teach myself how to do the basic graphic design stuff. Um, so I kind of started doing that. And, and similar to James, um, I was lucky enough to get some opportunities to to do bits for various different people. And... I've done stuff for people's YouTube channels. Um, whatever you think about Matt Letizia, and I think exactly the same as you do, but I I, I did a design for for Matt Letizia and he he signed them and he was he was giving them away. I think this was before he decided he wanted to be uh, <laughs> divided. Um, but yeah, I did that, and there was some other stuff um, when the AC Memento stuff kicked off. I did some bits for them um, with the World Cup and the match worn shirt. So. Yeah, there were some opportunities that came out of that from a from a graphic design perspective, and then also in lockdown, I started to take these things a little bit more seriously, and and kind of, I was always a an Arsenal shirt collector um, yeah. because I think I've got quite severe OCD, and I used to get every birthday my nan would buy me the home for my birthday, the away for Christmas, so every year I'd end up with both kits, and then it got to a point where I was like when I started earning my own money and I could afford to buy them and I was like, well, I can't have gaps now, can I? Now I've got yeah. to have every shirt. <laughs> I can't have one. And I ended up buying all, all, all the, all the crappy Puma stuff that was chucked at us. I bought all of them, even though I hated every single shirt, um, just purely because I didn't want any gaps. And, and I think there's two different communities not, that I'm involved in with, with Twitter. And it's the Arsenal fans, which in the main are good. And I've met, people like yourselves um through through twitter and 
um, and it's been incredible. And I and I I go to the odd game and I see people and I'm like, do I just go over and say hello? Like I know who they are, and if I go and introduce myself, they probably know who I am because they follow me. But um, so that that side of it is in, is incredible. Um, but I'm also involved in the football shirt because I, I I buy other shirts other than Arsenal shirts. So there's there's a really strong community with the football shirts, which I absolutely love. Um, and I think all of that sort of stuff is brilliant. I've met people that I would never in a million years have ever met before um, through Twitter. And, and even though it's the only channel I use, it's probably the only one I'll ever stick with. I, I keep threatening to create a YouTube channel, but I just don't think I, I'm all right doing this. And I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. People asking me questions and I can answer them. But yeah. whether I can do what you do, Albert, is a whole different ball game. I start, I sit there on my phone and do little, try and practice at intros. I'm like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I am not doing that. I'll, I'll stick to being a guest. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the, the downsides of, of social media are, Oh, one other point is uh, on, point on. that James, James mentioned. I know Albert, you know as well. But I, I recently lost my mum as well, and I'm, mm. I'm quite a private guy. I don't, my, my Twitter is used for Arsenal and football shirts. That's it predominantly. Um, I did put something on there about when my mum passed away, and that was, that was incredible. And similar to what you said, James, I can only echo what you said. It's the amount of messages and the, the, the DMs I got, and, and I was getting them for weeks. A weeks after I put the tweet out, it was just one single tweet. That's all I put on there. Um, and yeah, it was weeks I was getting messages for, and it was, in, it was incredible. And I'd never, and it helped me in various different ways um, to kind of process the grief a little bit. And it was, it was, it was, you've been through it yourselves and it, it's horrible and it's, you never get over it, but it's, um, yeah. yeah, it was, it, that was lovely. And I really enjoyed that and appreciated every single message I got. I tried to, reply to every single one um hopefully i did but um for me the downsides of social media are, are just you've got to find out why you want to do it man you're like why do you want to be there and and it's similar to what james said you you've you've got to be on it and got to be involved for the right reasons if it's if you're just trying to feed off other people and there's a couple of people in the in the shirt community that i that i'm aware of that do nothing but screw other people over by buying shirts and then selling them for double the price and mm. I, you know it's that i've very very close quite a few times come off twitter every time i go to deactivate yeah. and i'm like well there's all yeah. these other people that i've met that i just think i've got to hold that close rather than just letting these other people kind of push me off it but it's um it's a difficult if it's it's a difficult one to manage you've got to be on it for the right reasons and i think like like james said if you're not you're your life on that social media is you, it's going to be short-lived because you will get found out very, very quickly. And I, Albert, we've spoken about this through yeah. <laughs> a few different people about different reasons. And it's, and it, and it, yeah, it always comes to fruition. They always get found out and then you'll never see them again. And I, and I guess that's the good, the good side of it as well. But um, yeah, I think social media is brilliant if used the right way and you're on it for the right reasons, then you get to meet amazing people like you boys and what could be better? No, I appreciate it, man. What great, could be better? Great words, Paul. Great words. Um, Ray Kasim, hit me with it, man. Tell me your thoughts, man. Um, I know obviously you don't have your channel, but you've yeah. burst onto the scene, man. You've podcast, come on my channel a few times. <laughs> Mika, Ri Mika Richards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he is, man. So, um, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have a channel, but you're, um, you're, yeah. you're prominent on social media. Um, mm -hmm. 
even before you knew any of us. Um, and yeah, obviously you've didn't, been doing a podcasting for a little bit now in terms of a guest. So yeah, what's your sort of take on, on, on the question posed in regards to this? Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of will have a different experience to you guys because you're very much on it. You're creators in, in, you know, one word or another, whereas I'm more of a consumer. Um, I'm always absolutely honoured and, and uh, humbled when anyone invites me on. Um, I know both uh, Albert, you've had me on loads of times now, and James, you've had me on your channel as well. So um, it's always it's always incredibly humbling to, to get invited. Um, yeah, it's it's a... It's a strange one because it could be such a positive tool. And I think there is an aspect where it is, right? Because, I mean, you know, sort of long story short, I used to listen to James on the Purely Arsenal podcast years ago. I used to work in a in a warehouse, um, unsociable hours. Uh, so it was like evenings and nights. Mm. Um, so I had no social life, really. And I loved Arsenal Football Club, but I had no social life. I had, you know, I worked on the weekend, so I couldn't really see the games. Yeah. I couldn't really chat with my mates after the games. Um, my mates have all, you know, support different teams anyway, but they've all gone off. They've gone to new towns, new cities. They've got par- partners, babies, mortgages, whatever. They don't want to me listen to, li- they don't want to listen to me, sorry, talk about how, you know, Wenger stayed too long or, you know, how, <laughs> uh, I don't know, we've given Walcott a new contract or whatever. Do, do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But I found I found a, a space where people like me would talk about this sort of stuff. And I could just put it in my you know headphones in or headphone in because I wasn't allowed to in at that time. Um, and I had a headphone in and I was listening to people like myself talk about, you know, the club and the sport I love. And um, yeah, like I say, that was that must have been six, seven years ago now. And like I say, I've just been must a junkie for Arsenal podcasts ever since. Um, I can remember being in the Tollington. I think the first time I met you, James, uh, just hearing your voice. Like I actually, I only sort of had you on audio, so I didn't really know what you looked like. To be fair, but <laughs> yeah, I apologies, tell. apologies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, beautiful sight. Beautiful sight. Oh, thank God, thank God, Melvin was there to soften the blow. Like just real Melvin, get Melvin yeah, in there. Yeah. You know, you can't yell at Melvin. You can hate me, but you can't hate you Melvin. Can. He's one of them people. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're all right. You're all right. I mean, like I said, I knew Melvin as well. I knew the, I knew his name. I could recognise his voice. I recognised your voice straight away. Um, I mean, the first time I met Albert was in the uh, was in the Hippodrome for a uh, uh, it was a po- live podcast, judges, wasn't it? With like judges, yeah, yeah, judges, judges and Highbury Squad and Tom Canton and the likes and Cindy you. So yeah. that's it. So and the whole reason I I got on that. So I had a Twitter account. I used to have it like probably about ten years ago. And then I just packed it in and I packed, I remember this day, it was deadline day. I believe it was 2015 when we only signed Petr Cech that summer. And I was on Twitter every day, like my spare time was just on Twitter, scrolling, scrolling, right? Who Arsenal bringing in? Where's this world-class striker? Where's this DM? And literally nothing. And I was so angry. I just, I just disabled my account and deleted it. Um, And that was I probably had I probably didn't have Twitter for about eight years. Um, and then I saw that this event was happening. Um, and like I say, I'm a, a big uh, fan, if that's what you want to call it, of, of the podcasts. And I really wanted to, to get involved, really wanted to come down and watch it. Um, but they said, oh, in order to get tickets or to be invited, you've got to DM us on Twitter. So, okay, right, I'll have to make an account. Um, so I did. So that was a couple of years ago. So I haven't even had that for very long. 
Um, and yeah, like I say, through it, um, and you have to put yourself out there and you have to, you know, um, you know, as you said, if you're, if you're a nice person, I'd like to think that if you're a nice person and you put yourself out there, nice things can come back. You do get a lot of other stuff as well, but, um, if you are able to filter that out, then, um, then it can be an amazing, amazing tool. It's a bit like VAR in my opinion, you know, you could argue <laughs> that technology is, you know, crap or whatever, but it's the people that run it or use it. They're the real problem. Um, I have a I have a rule on Twitter where if you have if specifically if you have an Enzo Fernandez picture, if you have a Garnacho picture, Bruno Fernandez, uh, Deli Ali, um, Richarlison, and there's one other one, um, but I will just mute your account. Yeah. You could you could say Ray is the most handsome person I ever laid eyes on, but I will mute you because if you have them as your profile, most of the time you talk absolute rubbish, and I don't want to see it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's um like I say, my my experience on it will be very different to yours, I'd imagine. Um and if I ever set up a YouTube account and, and start doing my own thing, then then I'm sure what you guys say will probably hit home a bit more. But um yeah, I think I think there are pros and cons and like I say, as long as you use it to enhance what you do and don't live on it, then I think it can be a, a real positive. No, great stuff, Fred. People, big up to people in the chat. Um, let me go a quick monologue before, because this is, like I said, this is quite an emotive subject for me. Um, so yeah, where do where do I start? So I'll start with um, I'll start with the contest. I move sort of move on to the pros. Um, I started my YouTube channel back in June 9th, to be precise, twenty twenty. Um, I only started it two months after my mum passed away. Um, I, as people had mentioned to me before about starting a channel, and it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. Or, or did want to do it, I just thought, mm, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> did, um bit of time to think. Um, a lot was going on at the time. My sister, even my, I think my big sister said to me, look, this is something you should try, you should, something you should really try and do. Um, I had no networking history at all. I didn't know anyone. I'd been on the platform, Twitter platform specifically for over 10 years. So I've been on there. But in terms of the, the YouTube football side of it, um, prominently the last more than three years now. But um, in terms of the cons, yeah, I, I, I'm a great believer in, particularly with the Twitter platform, don't use the don't use the term friendship very loosely. I've said that, I've had that conversation with a lot of people. Just because you go to have, have a pipe with somebody at the toilet and all the pins, doesn't make them your mate. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, I have a very small circle, as I have done particularly in the last three years. Um, I have private conversations, chats about anything, reality TV, um, love life. I told Ray some good stories, trust me, you're cracking up. Um, <laughs> you're on the phone to me at yeah, night, yeah, night yeah, the other yeah, day, yeah. won't we? <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will, yeah, look, um, I'll keep my circle very small and, you know, whatever conversations you have, you know, love life, uh, politics, um, your favourite programmes, football, whatever it may be. Um Keep your circle very keep your circle very very small. Doesn't mean you can't collaborate with people, but like I said, don't use the term don't use the term friendship very very loosely. And and I and I and I attribute that specifically when it comes to Twitter. I think with this question, you kind of you, you learn all the time um, as a content creator. Uh, the different facets where, as Ray talked about being a consumer, I have a channel, but I also watch channels. 
um, because I want to improve my channel. I want to see what's happening out there. And I like listening to content, whether that be for an audio platform or via YouTube. Um, two things I see, particularly with social media and the Twitter platform, and you could probably throw YouTube in that as well, is um, there's some very disingenuous people. And I heard this term, I didn't hear it until a few years ago. I think it was Max from Ars Bros um, in, in Australia. And he mentioned, people talk about negativity in terms of Arsenal fans, but he also talks about toxic positivity. I thought, you know what? He's actually onto something. You, you, you're right. Like, Because I see people tweet. Things. I'll give you an example. I spoke, I've heard this story before. We played Palace at home in the Emirates to uh, Vieira's first season, right? We drew two all. Um, I think Lacazette scored the equaliser, but someone sent me a tweet from an account that tweeted at the time. Bamyang's amazing, best thing since sliced bread. Um, love him so much. And the person said to me, If you actually looked at the tweet properly, I said, What do you mean? I said, Look at the tweet properly. I looked at the time the tweet was sent, and I thought, Hold on a minute, we're losing the game at that point. So, my thing is, what is your aim when it, what is your intention, your aim when you tweet? And what is the outcome you're looking for? Because I'm thinking, as a fan, you're watching the game, right? We're losing the game with five minutes to go. Why are you tweeting about Abama Young's amazing? That makes no <laughs> logical sense to me. What's the intention of doing that? Is it for likes? Is it for clickbait? Why would it be? We're losing. You're an Arsenal fan watching a game of football. Why is that so important? And I talk about when I talk about being disingenuous, I'll give you an example. The women's game's grown a lot. Um, James, we had a conversation the other night where um, what you learn about this platform in particular and with Twitter is a lot of people like to indirectly tweet about you. But it comes back to you and you find out because that's the way it works on the platform. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, there's there's a disingenuous. And what I mean by that, let me give context. The women's game has grown. Now, I've said it before. My passion in terms of the women's football is more the international side of it. Followed it for years. Going back to the days when Hope Powell was playing, and anybody knows who Hope Powell is, she was the manager of the Lionesses for 13 years. And I remember when she was playing. So that goes back, that shows you the history of how much I've followed, how long I've followed the women's game. In terms of the Arsenal side of it, I'm quite new to it. Very new to it. So I'm not an expert. Let me make that very, very abundantly clear. But what I don't like to see is I've seen content creators who you can do things for views and subscribers. That's not a problem. But if that's your sole purpose, then I have no time for you. And I've seen a few accounts, a few church channels do that when it comes to the women's game, which for me is completely disingenuous. I don't really get it. Um, so again, like I said, it's about what is your intention and what is your aim? As you guys in the panel know, and people that have heard me speak about it before, this is my platform. I'm a very, very open book. Um, I've seen the very dark side of this platform. And someone once said to me, if you're doing well, people will talk about you. If you're not doing well, they won't give a shit about you. I've been very, very lucky. And James was touching about having opportunities to have been on the same one. Arsenal at the time many years ago, Hybrid Squad, um, Chronicles of Guna, um, Guna Talk TV, amazing opportunities at BBC London Radio, Aaron Paul. Um, and obviously, you know, getting Tom White on my channel and obviously going on Sky Sports News, which was an incredible experience. Um, but people that want to get into this, don't feel, don't ever feel that you should be penalized for being good at what you do. 
Don't let anybody ever tell you anything. Don't let any indirect tweets or people trying to throw you under the bus and sharing private conversations and chucking them out onto the social media platform. Because I speak to a lot of people that are not Arsenal fans where the same things happen to them. So it's about your intention and your aim and what you're trying to do. Um, I'm no big time Charlie, trust me. I'm little old Albert with, 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 with 1.16 um, subscribers. I don't need to clickbait. And I don't know if you knew Claude very, very well, James, or not from when he was around AFTV or not. I'm not sure if you did know him. Um, yeah, we, we, well, I used to be on the AFTV podcast that then, and then it, you know, it was the Guna Ramble before, then it yeah. became AFTV's Guna Ramble and then it left. Yeah. So, yeah, I knew Claude quite well. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know my story with AFTV. He's yeah. one of the <laughs> he's one of the main ones, and um, yeah, I I really regret how that turned out because yeah, yeah a lot a lot a lot of yeah. that a lot of that could have been prevented. Yeah, what I was going to say to that, James, is when you do your content, people mentioned about passion in the chat, hundred million percent. Do it for the right reasons. Get an A4 piece of paper, get a marker pen, get a barrel pen, get a sharpie. Put ideas down. Do Think about what you want to do to make your channel better. Not what other people are doing. Because that's out of your control. You mentioned, I mentioned about, well, what I'll say before I move on to the last question, because I want to get you guys' thoughts is, I'm not one of them people, you will never find me doing content or picking beef. I mean, for, I know, for example, James, you, you'll know this as well, and you guys know that as well. I know people that didn't even, that never knew Claude. Never friends with him. Never met him, yet you'll sit down and do a 45-minute, an hour live stream talking about the guy passing away because you want views and clicks. That, that for me, is, is dreadful. Yeah. But, but that's the harsh reality of this platform, people. I'm not trying to scare people. It's just the truth. People are prepared to do content about anything for views and clicks, and that's not me. In terms of the pros, amazing community. I've met some amazing people. That's a fantastic opportunities. Um, I've been embraced incredibly. Dorsey and James have touched on about their mums, the same with me. An, an amazing outpouring, um, incredible. Um, and those are the people that I will call friends. And like I said, I don't use that term, that term very, very loosely. So um, for people that want to get into it, surround yourself with the right people, do your due diligence and be authentic as you can be and don't go down the beef route or the clickbait route it is absolutely not worth it trust me and that's all i have to say about that people but we move on but a great great thoughts we'd like to ask that question like i said it's a very emotive subject for myself and and many other people to be fair and people have different experiences but um the last question arsenal unsung hero i'm going to kick off with dorsey um, name me one ex-Arsenal player who we sign that you feel should get more recognition and plaudits. Hashtag round of applause. So I, um, uh, Ray mentioned a little comment. He mentioned his name a bit earlier on, actually, about signing a new contract. I've gone for Theo Walcott. Um, I'll explain why. Go on. We signed the guy at 16 years old. Right. And he's come with the expectation that he's going to be one of the best players that the Premier League has ever seen. That's kind of, from what I remember, and the hype that kind of came around from him, that was that was kind of the impression I got. Um, he obviously went to the World Cup very young, didn't play, 
uh, came back. And I think in the long-term effects, that affected him. But for me, any player that scores over 100 goals for our football club has done all right. Yeah? 108 goals and 80 assists in just under 400 games. So he's nearly got a goal or an assist every other game. And I think, for me, he he gets a lot of stick. I mean, I I watched... um, I don't know whether anybody watched his interview with uh, Gary Neville the other week about him retiring yep. on his overlap channel. And he, he's, he's always come across as a good guy, Theo. And, it, it, you know, he's still with his childhood sweetheart. You know, it, for, he's, he's a good, 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 good guy. And I think he gets a lot of stick from Arsenal fans because he didn't live up to that ex- expectation. But I think when you look at it, that's not his fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's had injuries. There are various different reasons why he never reached that that potential. But... I think, yeah, for someone that scored over, anyone that scored over 100 goals, for me, has has done enough to earn the respect of the fan base. Um, And, I mean, he scored seven times against Tottenham, which just in itself, if he'd only scored seven goals (laughs) in in his Arsenal career, I mean, that's enough in itself to become a legend. You know, he scored that goal in the Champions League against... um, well, he had that run, didn't he, against Liverpool? At yeah, Anfield. great. Oh, remember that Champions League yeah, when well. he, yeah, and when Adibai squared it to Adibai. You know, he's he come up with uh, you got the old two nil thing as he was being stretched off to the Spurs. For, you know, little moments like that, and I just think he gets um he gets a lot of stick for me. Um, and I think a lot of it is unjust. Um, I won't go into why, but I think Aaron Ramsey's probably in the same in the same mm. boat for me. Um, both of them too spent a long, long, long time at Arsenal. Ramsey went through a lot in his career with the, to come back and do what he did after that injury is just phenomenal. And again, he played, he probably played 400 games for Arsenal as well. So anyone that stays at the club that long, there's yeah. a reason they're at the club that long. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I went for, I went for Theo Walcott. Got a lot of time for Theo. No, listen, man, this is what this, this is what this show is about, man. And um, we have your opinions, man. So fair play. I'm going to come to James next. Same question to you, my friend. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go, like I said earlier about the 97-98 season, right? I'm going to go with Alex Meninga. Nice. Good shout. Great shout. Great shout. Massive, massive contribution to that double yeah. win. Um, I think he got six consecutive clean sheets in the league when obviously he come in, which is a joint club record. Uh, he had the big one in that one near Old Trafford win. That was the one that obviously is remembered the most. Big, big win there. And then the West Ham game in the quarterfinals of that FA Cup, he was brilliant in the game. And then um, he saved the penalty, didn't he? I think it was Ayel Berkovic, was it? Oh, God. He saved, uh, saved yeah. the penalty from. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, with Siemens, obviously, he's one of my favourites of all time. Um, and he's got the longevity and he's a he's God, isn't he? You know, it's the, the ponytail, isn't it? Well, it's yeah, exactly. Ponytail. I was going to say, what, one of the reasons I've got long hair. hair. Yeah. Safe hands. Safe hands, mate. And... Uh, his contribution was so important that Arsene Wenger said, because you had to have 10 appearances to get a medal. And he wrote to the Premier League and said, come on, give me special dispensation for this guy. I know he only played seven games, but give this guy dispensation. Like, look what he's done. And the league agreed. So, yeah, for me, Alex Meninga. Uh, I've got to go with got to go with the, with the big Austrian. Yeah, good show. shout, good shout, Barry Byrne. Paul Davis gets mentioned a lot. Rolls Royce football, yes, hundred percent. Yeah. I always get told because he was before my time that he's one that he is the most underrated Arsenal player ever. 
Yeah. My father tells me him and Gilberto are the two most underrated Arsenal players ever. No, fair I said, no, how, it, can a, how can a World Cup winner be underrated when he was? I'm like, yeah, you're right. He is. I'm like, you're right, Dad, actually, you're right. He yeah, was underrated. Much, Especially much, when he left, you realise, yeah. you're like, oh, that's what's missing. Being yeah, able smudge, to defend properly. We've been replacing been, for years, didn't we? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah, Smudge has been mentioned in the chat. Yeah, a like, lot of love for Smithy, yeah. man. That, that boy. If you, if you want to, if you want to art and hold up, play and touch, go look back at that goal for 89. Look yeah. at that. The way he bought that book. Listen, man. Kevin will tell you, bro. This guy, <laughs> Smithy, mate, could play. But Ray, coming to you, Ray. Um, sorry, um, let me know if you got a go, Jen. Let me know if you at one point. Um, it's all good. Ray, I've got a couple of minutes. <laughs> good, 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 good. Come on, Ray. Your 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 time to shine, mate. Who's your thoughts? Yeah, there's just so many to choose from, isn't there? Really, like I've I've been going through this. I've been looking at all our teams, you know, for the last however many years. Um, like I said, I started watching football sort of 99, 2000 properly. So if I sort of go from then, um, Gilberto is an unbelievable shout and I, I did have him. Um, but I've gone for a player, um, a little bit more modern, if that's what you want to call it. I'm going to go Nacho Monreal, um, mm. a left back for us. Great um, player. And I, I say him because, um, I feel like his contribution for us was absolutely immense. Um, he played for us for eight seasons in total. Um, and I know he had a couple of injuries in there, but um, whenever he played, I don't ever remember him having like below a six or seven out of 10 game. Um, I just feel like his contribution was massive. And, and when he left, I think we only sold him for about 250 grand or something, maybe even less than that. Um, mm. And obviously then we went into the Kalazanach era and um, you could really <laughs> see, you could really see the difference, but he came up with some clutch moments as well um, in 2017 when we won the FA Cup. People always talk about the FA Cups and they kind of just glaze over them a little bit. But uh, Monreal scored two goals in that um, run-in to win that. He scored at Old Trafford and he scored the equaliser against City in the semi-final. Um, so for me, um, for what we paid for him, I think it was about eight million quid. Um in football terms is, is not really a lot, even back then. Um, and yeah, I just think he was, um, he was just quality for us. Um, and when, we, when he left, ultimately, it wasn't a player that we were looking to ship out the door and, and wanted to get rid of. He just left. And um, I think it took a couple of seasons for us to get Kieran Tierney to get a player that was at a similar level. So yeah, he never gets talked about. Um, it's always Ashley Carl, isn't it? And, and uh, probably Zinchenko now, but yeah, I think um, I think what he gave us. I know it wasn't the the best era for us, but I think what he did give us, I think he was quality. It was the game that Welbeck scored, wasn't it? As well, Old Trafford was it? That was yeah, the game that was the one. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. In that really weird Puma kit, but but yeah, horrid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, great, great shout. Uh, mine quickly. Um, I probably asked the question before, but. Uh, we bought him from Mallorca. He was actually supposed to go to Roma, but the deal fell through. Um, Lauren, love him, man. The the, the lethal bizzle yeah. of football, man. Um, came to us came to us as a midfielder, but I tell you what, he converted to right back. But I don't think he gets enough credit, man. I thought he was brilliant. No. Um, and you know what? I'm not seen. I'm not. I didn't see too many fullbacks deal with Ryan Giggs very, very well in his career. But it is one fullback that did deal well with him and and give him a good old kick here and there once in a while. Was Lauren tough as nails, man? Um, oh, he was brilliant. he was nasty as well. Yeah, he was when, man. when he, he wanted him. to be. He was nasty. Yeah, 
So yeah, Lara's my man. He, I think he deserves a lot more credit. Um, considering he came as a midfielder but got converted to right back. But yeah, didn't see too many um didn't see too many wingers destroying personally. Um, solid and good penalty taker, quality for Cameroon as well. Um, so mind Lauren, man. But people in it, in, in it, oh. in it just quick, just very, very quickly. Isn't it weird how so many invincible players get underrated? You could throw Colo Torre into that as well, sure. and Gilberto yeah. that we've previously mentioned. You know, all of those players, even Freddie to a certain degree, I don't think he gets the credit oh, he deserves. Brilliant. Shout doors um, it's only the main spine really that get talked about in the yeah, it's on, teams on, all on time, Vieira, Burkamp, yeah, Burkamp, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... was a finisher, man. Oh, Mate, they all incredible. they all played their part in that in that in that achievement. Yeah. And uh yeah, I love Freddie. What about Ray Parler from James Woods as well? Is it... oh, yeah. Ray Parler's a great shout as well. But people, episode 20 of Life Stories has come to an end. There's been a lot to dissect, a lot to talk about. I've had some amazing guests. Big up to the people in the chat. Obliterate the like button, like I normally say. And if you don't know what to do by now, people, this is what you should do. There you have it, people. Don't caress the button. Don't caress the like button. Smash it. And look out for the audio on the Apple download and the Spotify as well. I want to thank my amazing panel. Absolutely fantastic. Big up to James. James, tell the people where they can find you, my friend. Yeah, it's just there, LL Cool James 91, and then the James Johnston Football Channel, which you've lovingly shared. So thank I you have. very much, my friend. No, James, love you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, man, 100%. Um, Ray Kassim, my brother from another mother. How, um, thank you for coming on Live Stories. Great contribution. Tell the people where they can find you. Nah, thank you again for having me, mate. Um, yeah, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Ray underscore Kassim. Um, unless you hope your profile picture is Enzo Fernandez and don't bother. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. James, pleasure as ever. Dorsey, it's fantastic oh, to meet you, mate. Um, and Dorsey's been standing up the whole time. So uh, how your legs aren't tired yet? Mate. I don't know. He's a, he's a stand-up guy. We, we all said this. He's a stand-up guy. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks again, mate. Yeah, the lactic no. acid in my calves, mate, right now is getting no, <laughs> no, Pleasure to get you on, Ray and Jake. And for, last but not least, Dorsey, great to see you again. It's been too long, mate. Um, but yeah, fantastic to get you on. Tell the people where they can find you, my friend. Yeah, mate, thank you so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. I think we first mentioned it probably 18 yeah. months ago, me, and yeah. it was worth the wait. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And to thank do it with these guys you. as well was just um, was just incredible. So thank you very much for having me on. Um, yeah, just Twitter. That's where I am. You can see my my handle there, Dorsey2801. Need any football shirts? Come and see <laughs> me. Need any graphic design? Come and see me. <laughs> but yeah, if not, just come and say hello. Absolutely. But thank you so much, mate. Thank yeah, yeah, hundred percent. No, no, thank you, man. Um, and of course, your host Albert JTV. Enough episode of Life Stories. You'll find me here, there, and everywhere, people, as you will see by my social media output. And I'll be back tomorrow at seven p.m for the Everton versus Arsenal preview with Everton Rose. And hopefully a special guest if he's free. Because <laughs> you're busy, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, smash the like button, subscribe to Albert JTV. Twitter handles down along the bottom of the screen and also my Instagram handles down along the bottom of the screen as well. As life stories over and out, people. We'll be back for episode 21 in the future. Take care.